with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, the live edition. Woohoo! Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the most handsome New England's own Van Helsing. So I'm kind of like casual. Oh, and she's the blonde bombshell, Ann Kerrigan. Hi there. So I'm kind of casual today. Yeah, whatever. So I got (laughs) a coda. So I'm, you know, it's kind of like. Kind of casual. Yeah, I got this whole thing going on. Like, you know, you you watch the news and they have like like these cool reporters that are like casual. Uh Uh-huh. You know, on the field. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. And that's that's where you're going that's with it. That's where that. I'm going with this. Yeah, so. We're not in the field. We're inside. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> we're in the studio. So anyways. Well, right. anyways. And we are live on Tojanet, Pararex, <laughs> Planet Paranormal, EBC TV, mm-hmm. the whatever it is, and the other thing. And we might even be on the ghost box. Who knows? If you give us enough time. The ghost box. Could happen. Okay. All right. But anyways... Um, we actually hit a nice milestone. Uh, one episode of the show actually has 157,661 wow. downloads. That's pretty crazy. One episode, yeah. Who knew? And you're in it, too. That's Who what's knew? even amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's even more amazing that I'm part of it. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> some, I think that's awesome. Some people and, have uh, no lives. That's we, it. we just want to, you know... Thank everybody. Raise raise our glasses to you, even yeah, though they're empty. Empty glasses. But, uh, <laughs> thank you, because we couldn't have achieved it without everybody who's out there and listens to us every week on uh, Toginet and Parax and all those different places. Of course, I l- downloaded one million four hundred fifty-five thousand. You downloaded only, all of so them. So we only have seven real listeners. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Anyway. So uh, we got a good show tonight. Of course we do. Yeah, as we usual. We are live in the studio. And, and you notice we've changed from last year. Yeah. Yep. We keep moving things around and trying different layouts. And someday we'll, someday we'll have a permanent set. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I can only wish. Hopefully before but, I die. Uh, hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. I can't do this without you, Van Helsing. Well, as cranky gotta, as you are. You're going to have to. As cranky later. as you are. Well, I'll do it from the other side. All right. You know, I'll be, I'll be the, be floating, the floating head. Okay. Be like, yeah, no. It's like Hello. a talking head, floating head. Whatever. But we do have... Yes, we do. We have a show. We have a show to do, and we have a new cemetery tripping. I'm in a wicked mood. Yeah, you are in a I'm wicked sorry. mood. <laughs> we, Go ahead. we got to beat some sense into Van Helsing tonight. But at, at any rate, 
We are going to uh, play a cemetery tripping for you from a fabulous cemetery in Barrie, Vermont, where I uh, visited. Oh, is this a new one you did? This is a new one. I wow. was up there this summer. And mm. uh, Russ, if you could cue that up, that would be great. Mm. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I will feature a different cemetery in each episode that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taphophile, or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Today we are visiting Hope Cemetery in Barrie, Vermont. This is a wonderful garden-style rural cemetery located in the so-called granite capital of the world. It is estimated that one-third of all memorials in the United States came from Barrie at one time. Hope Cemetery was established in 1895, designed and planned by the renowned Boston landscape architect Edward P. Adams. Skilled artisans from around the world, especially Italy, had been flocking to Barrie to become a part of the booming granite industry, so naturally, tombstones and monuments would be a principal part of their work. The cemetery boasts more than 10,000 tombstones and memorials, consists of 85 acres, and all of its stones are made from Barrie Gray granite. The cemetery is a common tourist destination and has been referred to as a museum of granite sculpture. I was fortunate to be in the area this past August and see the amazing monuments there. Starting right at the front gate, you are greeted by two larger-than-life statues manufactured by Jones Brothers in Barrie and are the depictions of the daughter of one of the sculptors, Louisa Ambrosini, when she was just 15 years old. The mausoleum section, which runs along the back of the cemetery, is quite impressive, featuring stylish Art Deco-style buildings each one grander than the one before it. The polished gates, interior stained glass, and carvings are incredible. One of my favorite graves was the Giuseppe Donati stone, which is carved to represent a uniformed gentleman smoking a cigar, with the face of his wife forming in the cloud of smoke above his head. Legend says that the only thing that got Giuseppe through his loneliness in World War II was smoking his cigars and dreaming of his wife, Oristina. Perhaps the most famous monument in the cemetery is the Halvosa bed, which features a couple sitting side by side and holding hands. It was built by Mr. Halvosa for his wife who passed away many years before him, and it was said that there were many nights he would come and sit on the bed at the monument and watch the sunset. The inscription on the headboard reads, Set me as a seal upon thine heart, for love is strong as death. Beside the bed is the Brusa Monument, which depicts a woman holding a man who is dying in her arms. Mr. Brusa was a sculptor who carved his own monument while he was dying of silicosis, which was a disease common among stone carvers due to the inhalation of granite dust. The average life expectancy of a carver at that time was approximately 50 years. Mr. Brusa was a proponent of proper ventilation for stone cutters, and a year after his death, the legislature passed the requirement into law.
The monument was not revealed until after Mr. Bruce's death, so no one saw it until after he died. Another interesting sculpture is the Brusa Angel, and when I came upon her, I thought she honestly looked rather disgusted. <laughs> Apparently, she also has been called the Thinking Angel, the Bored Angel, and the Uninterested Angel. She seems to me as if she is sitting and waiting for something. There are many other incredible sculptures, including an armchair, soccer ball, biplane, cube, race car, pyramids, maple leaves, and even a giant M&M. There are far too many to talk about individually, or this cemetery tripping would go on all night. Suffice to say that Hope Cemetery is now crossed off my bucket list, and I hope that you will have the opportunity to visit it before you reach the end of your bucket list. Wow. wow. What you think of that? <laughs> that was pretty cool. That is an awesome cemetery. Really? Um, it's, it's humongous, so if you ever do go there, make sure you have uh, a good amount of time to spend there because it takes quite a while to get all the way around it. And I'm sure there's even stuff that I missed, um, but Find it's just hard to believe a that stunning cemetery. Because you're so thorough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyways, we have a question in the chat room. We do have a question from chat, and uh, John wants to know how I find all the different cemeteries from my cemetery trip. That's a good question. Um, honestly, I, if I'm out and I am able to, if I see a cemetery and it's old and I have time to stop, I stop. Um, sometimes people will send me suggestions for cemeteries to see. Um, my brother-in-law, David, happens to live up in Vermont, so he kept saying, you need to come up and see Barry, um, Hope Cemetery in Barry. So that was, that was how I found that particular one. Um, and I look on the Internet, too. Um, but there are books and apps for that, too, yep, right? Yep, there's, oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's actually, yeah. um, there's a cemetery app for uh, your iPhone that you mm -hmm. can download, which is called Find a Grave, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and basically, wherever you are, actually, we're on that to try to find my. It puts out a, uh, a GPS mm -hmm. um, and, and pulls up all the cemeteries in your area. So wherever you are, mm -hmm. you can see where the cemeteries are. Except, um, it's kind of hard sometimes to get the directions. So you kind of have to have a map um, and kind of plot it out because it's just a, a, a GPS on a map. Um, and also in Massachusetts, uh, there is an awesome book of Massachusetts cemeteries um, and lists every single cemetery in Massachusetts. So whatever town I happen to be in, I open the book, find the cemetery. So that's true. That's the very long answer to John's question. <laughs> so. Right. There you go. So speaking but, about books. And yeah, speaking about books and bones, mm -hmm. uh, we would like to introduce our guest tonight, who is the author of the signs right behind us, uh, but Bones in the Basement, and her name is Joni Mahan. Welcome, Joni. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad you could come. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, Bones in the Basement, uh, can you just kind of give maybe a little overview about what Bones in the Basement is about? It follows the story of Edwin Gonzalez and Lillian Otero, who moved into the Gardner Victorian Mansion 
in 2009, and uh, they didn't believe in Ghost when they bought it. They really loved Victorians, and they thought they were getting a real good deal on the house because nobody wanted to buy it uh, <laughs> because it was haunted. But they moved in, and things started happening right away, and uh, it was almost like the ghosts in the house were going to show them that there really were such things as ghosts. So they only made it there until 2011, towards the end of the year, and then they were out. They but it was haunted before they moved in. I mean, the ghost hunters were in there before mm-hmm. they... It was. Yeah. It was. It was haunted. I also interviewed Mark Vo, uh, the owner, prior to them, and he shared all his stories as well. And at one point, you know, Edwin did get, after he started to saw a full-bodied apparition pop up in his face, he called Mark and asked him, and they started comparing notes, and a lot of the things were fairly similar, so... Mm-hmm. Now, was Mark the owner of that house? Uh, because I know now Ghost Hunters went there twice. twice. So was he the yeah, owner once, the first once, time? Yeah, he was. They yes. went, yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, because I actually remember seeing that on TV uh, long before I was ever involved, you know, in any of this. Mm. And um, so naturally, like, when we started working together and Ron said, oh, you know, do you want to go up to the Haunted Victorian? I was like, oh, Wow. That place, yes. <laughs> so, funny. <coughs> Excuse me. He actually uh, called us because of the radio show. He used to listen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the original. Right, right. Pre in. Ah, yeah, yeah pre in. P A S I like to call it. So, oh. But yeah, that's how originally. That's how you ended we up out there? Contacted, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a place that you've been yourself. Well, uh, we've been. Uh, many, many times. We've been. I know, and we've been yeah. we've been together. Um, we slept there. <laughs> yes, we it's, actually it's right. We slept in the um, the what? nursery. Is that what it is? The nanny the nanny's room. Yeah. Um, All I know is freaking cold. It was it was cold. Mm. Oh, was it cold? Oh, God, no God. heat, and it was um, we had to go November. Oh my God, was it so cold? We just and Van Helsing had his little little thin little coat on. And, what are you uh, saying? He was freezing to death all night because mm. he's old. <laughs> I've heard about that. <laughs> Anyways, so, Joni, how did you come about writing about the, the this book here, Bones in the uh, Basement? Basement. Well, I really kind of happened upon the Victorian by accident. Uh, I lived close nearby, but I was somebody told me a shortcut to get across Gardner, and I happened upon it, and I looked at it, and, of course, I knew what it was, because I had seen it on Ghost Hunters at that time, so I just sat there and really stared at it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, When they opened it up for investigations, I was one of the first people there to investigate. I was just dying to get in. I'm a paranormal investigator as well as an author. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, yes. I had investigated there, I don't know, uh, as many times as I could get in. Uh (laughs) And finally, they just befriended me because I wouldn't go away. (laughs) 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 So I became one of the, we call ourselves the Victorian groupies because, Uh you know, we love the house and we hang around there a lot. And I started helping out with events and... um, I really become friends with them after the 2011 Halloween event, and that was right before they moved out of the house. So that's I met them right after she had gone through that entire episode. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's that's actually we were we were there. I think right before it was either right before or right after yeah. they had that Halloween event. I remember I met you guys yep. there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yep. it was there was a horrible. We had, a, we had an event. It was supposed to be like around Halloween, and yes. we had the Halloween storm. The storm, and we had yeah, to move it out Halloween another storm. another week. Two feet yeah. of snow, right? So yeah. we ended up there, and in, in it was November. 
Yeah. And it was, yeah, it cold. was crazy cold. Cold, cold, cold. Crazy cold. I mean, yeah. everybody, we did this investigation with, and it was New England Ghost Project. And everybody just had their coats on, mittens, gloves, right, 20, in the house. 23 rooms in, in the, the house. house. 26. 26. 26 rooms yeah. in the house. And they had one heater that was working, which was in the kitchen. The pellet stove. Yeah. Yeah. For the well, whole house. Well, they had one upstairs in Edwin's. That was broken. But was it broken? Yeah, when it was we broken there? that night. The only one yeah. working. I actually oh. brought a, a heater in. Yeah. And couldn't do anything, of course, so it was, it was just yeah. too cold. Yeah. Uh, but the only one that was working was the one in the kitchen where... Lillian and Edwin stayed, and the rest mm -hmm. of us were out in the... <laughs> it was the coldest investigation I ever did in but, my life. Yes. Yeah. So, but I mean, when you started, uh, you said you investigated this yourself. I did. I did. And uh, we were sitting around trying to figure out ways we could raise money to try to do some of the renovation work. And uh, I said, well, I could write a book because I had just finished Soul Collector, and it did pretty well, so I had a following with that, and I thought, well, you know, I'll tackle this. So for the first four months, I donated half my profits of the book to wow. the nonprofit foundation that we set up to, wow. for renovations, and we raised enough to patch the roof, and uh, we're hoping to get the eaves patched up as well. It's just getting into the cold weather, so. Did you evict the pigeons? <laughs> They're still there. Oh, no, not pigeons. yet. Not yet. Oh, oh, they're terrible. They live in the in the attic pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, obviously, you were really. I mean, and I and I read this book. Okay, and I recommend Ann Kerrigan recommends this book. Okay, mm -hmm. because I really, I honestly and truly did have a hard time putting it down. Um, it kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, even though I knew all the stories or most of the stories. Um, just, uh, Joni, you did a great job writing it, and um, it, I, I just, you know, I couldn't put it down. So, yeah, you know, the good thing about the book, you. too, Joni, yeah. is, you know, this is a thick book. Right yeah. here. See, this is a thick book. Yeah. I've seen so many authors come up with a book, probably this size here, with many, many stories on different locations and everything. This is all in one location. Yeah. It's a thorough mm -hmm. job on it, yeah. uh, which makes it fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, now, now obviously, you must have spent countless hours with Edwin and Lily and the owners. Mm -hmm. I mean, to to get all the insight into this book. Well, I've I knew all the stories inside and out already. Mm -hmm. uh, but we decided to. I was going to really get into it and do some research. So I went down to the historical society and I went to the library. Oh, and great. the librarian was really helpful. She gave me a, a thick stack of stuff. And there, there's actually some uh, old wives' tales surrounding the the mansion, or you know, t stories that aren't quite accurate. And mm -hmm. we were able to dig through and find some of that information and find other things like uh, Maddie Cornwell, the um, nanny. Mm -hmm. She just disappeared off the censuses after 1880. And uh, my friend Marion King uh, is a researcher and historian, and she was able to find that uh, her name was actually misspelled on the following uh, censuses. So she she died at 25 of a hip inflammation. Oh. So she must have felt like she didn't want to leave the house and leave the children, so that's why she came back and stayed. Mm -hmm. Now, I did notice in this book that Maddie seems to be, you know, the common thread. Um, in terms of, of all the hauntings? Um. Well, I think she was really the gatekeeper there. She, mm -hmm. I think a lot of haunted establishments will have one entity that's kind of in charge and they keep other ones from coming in and she kept the peace uh, and she was there for a long time. I don't think she's there anymore. Mm 
No. We think that during they tried to do a house blessing after Lillian was pinned down to the bed after that final, and Maddie was inadvertently crossed over. So mm. we haven't, I haven't come in contact with her. I've tried. So are you a medium? I'm a sensitive um, with some mediumistic skills. You know, I can tell you you have somebody in here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you have a ghost in the building. Hear that, Russ? <laughs> we just built, they just built it. <laughs> well, somebody followed it, followed you guys in then. <laughs> no. Wow. No. Wow. No? What? Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh, look, yeah, maybe Could it's, be. maybe it's Emily. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope it's Emily. That yeah. would that would be yeah. our good friend be Emily. Cool. Um, so can you tell the people, um, because obviously not everybody is familiar with the Victorian, can you talk a little bit about, you know, um, how this house came about and mm-hmm. uh, just a little bit of history? Sure. The house was built in 1875 by S.K. Pierce, and he was a furniture magnate and gardener. And at that time... Gardner was known as Chair City because they produced more chairs any, than anywhere else in the world. And his firm was actually number three in Gardner. So he was a wow. very wealthy man. Wow. So he was self-made, too. He grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so by 1875, he wanted a house that matched his stature in life. So he set yeah. upon building this house. And can, uh, I just want to interrupt you for one second. Russ, can we put up um, the picture of the, uh, the it says S.K. Pierce residence. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. Um, there was already a house on that corner, so mm-hmm. he had that house moved down two ha- spots down, and they built. He built his house on that existing foundation, mm-hmm. and it's a work of art. It was built by a furniture magnate, so you can only imagine all the different exotic woods and uh, time and care that they put in. It was state of the art. Mm-hmm. It had running water at a time when most people had to go outside with hand pumps. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, we were actually, um, Russ, we just wanted the picture of the, the mansion itself, the S.K. Pierce residence. Please, thank you. Well, there's another one there, but. That's cool. <laughs> Whatever. That's the, this is the mansion in its current uh, kind of dilapidated state. That's um, a cool photo. That's a picture by Jason Baker. He's a local photographer. Right. Mm-hmm. He does some really nice work. He um, does amazing stuff. Frank Grace also did a lot of photos for the book. Yeah. He he went down in the basement with me and, and took pictures of the cistern and the kiln because it's so dark down there you can't get a good picture. Right. So both of those two guys did a lot of help right. with the book. Yeah, Frank yeah. is awesome. If anybody has a question for uh, Joni, uh, they can uh, go in either the Pararex or the Tilgenet chat, and mm-hmm. uh, we can still fill them here now, even though we're video. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. We do have a uh, lovely teleprompter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do we do have um, a picture of the house in its heyday though. Um, I think we're still looking for that picture. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, looks like a postcard. Okay. Okay. Whatever. We'll, we'll they'll, find they'll it. it. We'll, they'll put we'll it up there anyways. It. So um, yeah, that's not it. But <laughs> okay. So he built this magnificent mansion. Right. And what? Um, what happened over time? Um, well, it, it kind of is. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's <laughs> there it, it is. In its, that's, in its glory. Wow. That's, that's, that's that a beautiful. Is cool, huh? That is the mansion in its heyday. Yeah. Um, all 26 rooms of it with the widow's walk on the top. Mm-hmm. And it's, Who is the widow's walk? 
Well, it's oh, yeah, the yeah, peak. Yeah. I see it yeah, way, the way at the top. The, at the top built. of the tower. I don't yeah. think I'd want to walk around up there, but. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so anyway. He actually had a tunnel across to his yes. factory too, right? Yes, there was yeah. a tunnel that went across the street to his furniture factory. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's actually been caved in, but mm. the former owners, the Vos, found it and dug it up and went in and dropped a time capsule in it before they really? bricked up the opening again. Oh, oh. So. That we didn't know. Yeah. Because no. we actually took a little, one of those little snake cameras and we poked a hole in it and, uh-huh. and looked in it, but we couldn't see anything, just uh-huh. rubble. Well, yeah, if it was, Not by any if it was caved in. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, so this also, when we were there, there was a story of a character by the name of Enos. Are you familiar with that story? Oh, yeah. Eno Sari. Uh, he died April 9th, 1963. He was uh, a Finnish uh, descendant, and he lived in Gardner. He was a mechanic and a World War II veteran, and he had some serious injuries in the war. They say he had a metal plate in his head that caused him severe headaches, and he drank quite a bit. He was very fond of his moonshine. You're the type of girl. <laughs> Guy? Whatever. Girl? Whatever. <laughs> but... On April 9th, 1963, the Gardner Fire Department was called because he, they were seeing smoke and fire coming in through the windows. So they, they went in and they found him deceased on the bed. He was burnt, the bed was burnt, but the walls and ceiling were completely untouched. Right. So at the time, they labeled it uh, spontaneous combustion. But uh, if you look at his death certificate, it's smoke inhalation and third-degree exactly. burns. Right. So more mm-hmm. than likely, he was drinking moonshine and dropped a cigarette and burned to death. Mm-hmm. Right, because that was one of the stories that he died of uh, spontaneous human combustion. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, But if you go back and actually look at it, like mm-hmm. the death certificate, it doesn't mm-hmm. say that at all. Right. Uh, he did die by a fire, so I mean, mm-hmm. that pile was but, right. But, you know, why did the house not burn down at that point? You know, mm-hmm. it's all wood. So, I mean, there could be a paranormal link to it that, and the fact that, you know, maybe somebody stopped the fire from continuing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. It's now, we, we, on one of your investigations there, yep. um, you captured a great, it, it actually is technically not an EVP. Not an EVP. Uh, we call it an audible, because you heard it live. Right, right? at the time. Uh, at the time. So do we want to play that now? Sure. And, and, uh, You're in charge, whatever you want. I'm in charge? Sure. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, we have um, we have actually have three audibles, and the first audible um, is the full length uh, raw recording. So let me so set it up before we do play. Okay, it. Ron's wait before we play it. Ron's going to set it up. Basically, we were up in uh, Edwin's and Lillian's bedroom on the second floor, which is in the back, and we were all there. And uh, what I did is took uh, because we we're trying to contact uh, Enos. I took a uh, shot glass of Jack Daniels mm-hmm. and put it on a glow-in-the-dark planchette because it wasn't a dock, you know. Besides, <laughs> whatever. So we stuck that on, on the floor, and then we kind of talked to Enos about it, and this is what you're going to hear, and then we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So, Russ, could we please play uh, Audible number one? Enos, seriously, I mean... There's a good shot of whiskey there. I mean, I can smell it. Jim, you can smell it, right? Oh, it smells delicious. And you know it's a lot better than a rock that you used to drink. You can almost taste it, can't you? 
hell is that? It, it, you heard it. Yeah. 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 Voice of the hood. Hello. Oops. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was the thing. So it wasn't EVP because we could actually hear it. Um, so everybody there in the room, we were all in the in the, in, uh, the bedroom, <laughs> and it sounded like it came like just outside the door into the hall, and we heard it. So you're going to hear the next one. Is it uh, denoised? This is, is the denoised. Yeah, and you're just going to uh, hear the, the the part where he says, "Yeah." No, this is the whole, this is full length again. Or did you just want to play the amplified? Play, play, the, play, the, the, play number two, the full denoise. All right, so now we're going to play really uh, audible number two, yeah. denoise. Mm -hmm. Even seriously, I mean, there's a good shot of whiskey here. I mean, I can smell it. Jim, you can smell it, right? Oh, it smells delicious. And you know it's a lot better than a rock that you used to drink. You can almost taste it, can't you? What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. You heard it. Yeah. 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 What we were. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's what you said. The noise one. If you hear a, a, one of this noise, you'll hear like almost metallic. It sounds. All right. Well, that's metallic. next. And that would have been the yes. No, the, the okay. amplify one is just very clear. It says yes. Okay. You'll well, hear you hear a noise, but once again, it hasn't been touched. Just amplify. Go ahead. Okay. The so next one. Audible number three, please. You can almost taste it, can't you? Yeah. You can almost taste it, can't you? Yeah. You can almost taste it, can't you? Yeah. So that was the noise one. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> the other one is just amplified. It's the same thing, though. But okay. it's all thing you can hear this, mm -hmm. the yes in it. But I, I wanted the, the full version so well, you heard the reaction of all that were in the room, so they actually heard it audibly. The right. second one was denoised, just to give you a sample of what denoising sounds like. It's, it'll bring up that metallic stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the amplified one was just amplified. It was a lot of noise because you amplify the, the whole clip. But right. that's all it is. Okay. But anyways, that's that's uh, one of the things we took there. And uh, you could hear Edward saying, oh, that brought chilies up my skies. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> chilies up my skies? Whatever. <laughs> I need a drink. Oh, my goodness. So well, we have a question. We'll have to, yeah, we'll, we'll get you some Just of that Just move on jack. right on we'll there. Yeah, I can use that. So um, we do have another question from the chat, which is um, they want to know how old is the building and is there any history of the land before the building that you know of, Joni? Um, well, it's 139 years old. Mm -hmm. So uh, as far as... Bronze age. <laughs> yeah, bronze age. <laughs> uh, some people think that it may be on a ley line, which could be holding in some of the spiritual energy. Mm -hmm. um, I, th other than that, there really isn't any history. He owned the whole block, which is a huge amount of space mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. But 
nothing nothing else that we were able to dig up. I mean, you know, Gardner was just developing at that point. South Gardner was nothing mm-hmm. there except for the house and wow. the South Gardner Hotel across the street. So. <laughs> oh, wow. That hotel is, is equal. Just as about old. as old, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Still kicking, too, every, uh, every Saturday yeah. and Friday night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, See the drunks roll out. Now, someone <laughs> someone in this book, um, his name was Bill. Was it, is it Wallace? Bill Wallace, Was yeah. the last name. Yeah. And he um, was an empathic medium, mm-hmm. I believe, and was basically would would sit in the the, the bar across the street, mm-hmm. and uh, Maddie, the the deceased nanny, kept reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did Bill figure into um, this experience? Well, he, a lot of us are drawn to the Victorian, and you find that as you read the book, a lot of people just got sucked right into the, the story or into the house, and Bill was one of those people. As he would drive by, he would hear Maddie talking to him in his head, and he become friends with uh, Mark Vaux, the mm-hmm. previous owner, and even went to his wedding, so he spent a lot of time there with Mark, and he was able oh, wow. to help him discover some of the hauntings and some of the information behind it, and then when Mark sold the house, he he had a couple of years where he didn't get in there and that's mm-hmm. when he would sit across the street at the South Gardner Hotel mm-hmm. kind of talk to Maddie in his head wow. and then he'd become friends with Edwin and Lily and he just finally he he knew he needed to go mm-hmm. because she was also telling him like when things were getting dangerous and that he needed to go and interfere and you know I kind of he I kind of paint him as the savior in the book because he does come at key times to let them know when something really bad was going on mm-hmm. Now, when you you talk about um, you know they're bad they're bad times in this house. Can you tell people a little bit about some of the things that they experienced, Edwin and Lillian, in this home? Well, their experiences would always be different because uh, if you meet Lillian, she's um, she's a very uh, strong woman, and not much shakes her or rattles her. And so she would see something, she'd just turn her head. I didn't see that, and. So they kind of had to get to her at a different angle. And Edwin, they just, I, I feel like they delighted in scaring Edwin. And it was like Chinese water torture. They'd wait until they got comfortable, and then he'd have a full-bodied apparition pop right up in his face. Oh, or a door would slam in the middle of the night so loud that it would shake the whole building. And you know, he was seeing shadow people, and she was seeing some of these things too, but their reactions were far different. Uh, she was determined. Nothing was coming in between her and her beloved Victorian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just, he was taking the brunt of, you know, their torture, basically. Wow. And for them, I mean, they they probably dealt with far more than your average person would have. Yes. Would have wanted to live with. Right. Um, You know, just, you know, to stay in this house. And I suppose Mm -hmm. that after a certain point in time, you know, you were in that hole, so how do you leave and still afford afford to live? Um, and I know that that came across in the book. Mm-hmm. That was a, a huge dilemma for them. They wanted out. They really did. They wanted to leave, but they had nowhere to go. They had a huge mortgage, and uh, they had nowhere to go. And then her sister bought a house that had a substantial size basement, mm-hmm. and they were going to move into it. And then somebody broke in and stole all the copper water pipes. Oh. Oh, so geez. then there was a delay. So they had they were getting ready to get out right before ghost hunters came the second time was when they were mm-hmm. planning on leaving. Mm-hmm. And so then they had to stay. And it was like, you know, how much more can we take? Right. And 
it just, it, you know, when that house become open and they were, had a place to go, they were out. I, I mean, mm -hmm. they, they left. We came back, it was after the Halloween event, and put away all the decorations and stuff from that event because they were long gone by then. Wow. So, wow. so we talk about the Halloween events and stuff. I mean, unfortunately for Edwin and Lillian, they're very open people. They're mm -hmm. very trusting, very yes. careful. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not careful, they're very open uh, is the word. And a lot of people took advantage of them mm -hmm. and actually caused them a lot of grief, which was, uh, I don't know if you cover that in the book or not. But I do a little bit. I yeah. mean, I don't name names or anything. No, 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 we're not, no, we're not looking but, at that. I could, no. but that's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, we, we're not. They had, um, well, I, they really didn't oversee a lot of the investigations. They just trusted people. Mm -hmm. And uh, people were doing all kinds of things. They were doing seances and they were doing Ouija board sessions and they were doing anything they were provoking just to get a response so they could share that with their friends and, you know, have this great EVP mm -hmm. or experience to share, not thinking about after they left, what they were leaving behind for the homeowners to deal with. So they would really stir them up. And, you know, we didn't really, I didn't know about that until, like, after the fact I started interviewing people and I started hearing some of the stories. And, you know, some of the groups are nice and they do the right thing, and some of them are, you know, they're, they're not. And right. they do anything they can to get evidence. Mm. Now, even more than the evidence, they actually took advantage of it. I mean, uh, there were a group I know that actually tried to steal from them. Yes, I did um, cover that a little bit. Right, yeah. and and they did an event, and and there was a lot of damage done to the house mm -hmm. because of the event. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they didn't really take an active role in, in supervising a lot of the events, which is, mm -hmm. is a shame because, like I said, they're very trusting people, and I always felt bad from them. That, and I always told them, I says, you know, you you got to be careful who you let in, but they. They were so interested in it, and so, mm -hmm. um, so I always felt really, really bad for them on, on that end of it. So, anyways, uh, earlier in, in the chat, there was a question for you that um, didn't get asked, and that was, "What is your most interesting experience yourself there at mm -hmm. the uh, mansion?" It's hard to point it down to just one. Mm -hmm. uh, I've experienced everything from the sound of. Uh, it sounds like bowling balls coming down the grand staircase. I was there for that. Wow. I've seen, uh, I saw a hand materialize on the doorway in, while I was sitting in the kitchen. Mm. I've seen shadows. I've caught hundreds of EVPs. Uh, there's links to all my EVPs in the book, too. Oh, excellent. So people can go and listen, not only my EVPs, but other people's as well. Excellent. But um, I've spent the night there four times. Wow. and. That was an experience. I'd say, you know, if you wanted to talk about the most e exciting experience there, sleeping in that bed and hearing, laying there dark, it, dark and quiet, and you hear footsteps starting in the hallway, and they come up, and they come to your bed, and then they walk around to the side of the bed right ah. next to where your head is, and you open your eyes, and there's nobody there. And so you close your eyes again and almost get to sleep, and you feel somebody poke you. Ah. And uh, at one point, it was running fingers down my leg. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, so wow. it, sounded, it felt like children probably, you mm -hmm. know, having a fun time with me. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and you just try not to, you know, give it any uh, excitement because you don't want to feed them with fear or anything. Uh, and I would right. just say, all right, guys, leave me alone. I'll go to sleep. Right. Now, which, did you sleep in the same room every time or different rooms? Yeah, I always slept in the copper room. For some reason, the mm -hmm. copper room felt more comfortable to which me. Which one's the copper room? Um, it's across from the master bedroom. Okay. Yep. It's the one with the copper bedspread. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that would have been used uh, after the children outgrew the nanny's room. They would have gone to that room. So that is probably Frank Pierce, the oldest son's bedroom. Mm -hmm. I know that when we stayed there, uh, we stayed in the nursery, right? There were two uh, twin beds. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That would. There was been. one this way, and it was your bed was here, my bed was here. Right. And there was a little closet there, and we actually had cameras running all night yeah. long. Yeah. Yep. We yeah. set up. We set up a camera, but I did not have very good audio. Which killed because during the middle of the night, first of all, it was he so freaking of cold. Course. Right. I heard. <laughs> I heard something. And by Ann's bed, because there's like a, a dumbwaiter there, I believe, mm-hmm. next to the bed. Is that what yeah, it is? A closet it's or a dumbwaiter? Tiny, yeah. tiny. And we, we heard the noise from there and the, the creaking of the door and everything else. I was like, oh, well, great. you heard it. Well, you were sleeping. I was there. asleep. Can I tell you? But, anyways, and I was there. Like, <laughs> 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 can't talk because I was so freaking cold. And that's under the covers. <laughs> but, yeah, I, we heard it, and I'm saying, oh, Okay, we get the camera running. I'm not going to go up. I'm not going to jump up or anything. I'm just going to let it run. We're going to get some cool evidence. Sorry. What happened? I not, didn't see anything on not the video. Not I didn't not see not anything on the video. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, so. Should have brought a better microphone, but I, I thought it would cover I, it. I really thought we had it because it was like, <laughs> I mean, I heard that very clearly. And mm-hmm. I'm like, like I said, I was on the covers because it was so freaking cold. <laughs> and uh, it's like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to let it go. And I know we'll get the camera on. And we're going to get this. Eh. Oh, there's the there's a picture of the red room. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's Joni. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> that picture, it stretched it out. I guess it did. Um, the red room <laughs> was where um, they believe a prostitute was murdered. Yeah, but it's interesting because going through the historical records and documents, there was no woman that died in that house that wasn't a Pierce. Mm -hmm. So it was never a brothel. That was another one of the uh, legends about the house. But it was a boarding house for a number of years. And after the Depression, it got a little seedier. And so Mm -hmm. maybe prostitution did happen there. But if she died in that room, she was carted off somewhere else because no death was recorded there. But every psychic medium that comes in there feels her in that room. Right. So there's got to be something to it. And they Uh, they well maybe she just you know a street ghost came in. She (laughs) likes the place and (laughs) maybe no seriously. I mean we run into that a lot of times in investigations. They kept saying and 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 I did notice in the book that they felt. You know, if anything bad happened near that staircase, it was that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. They felt that she was very violent. You know, and it's funny because different psychics pick up different things. Some mm. people saw her as very sad and a victim, mm-hmm. and other people saw her as very angry. So there is an angry woman there, mm-hmm. but it's hard to pinpoint who it is mm-hmm. because you can ask ten psychics and they're going to tell you different things, uh, right. and there's no evidence behind it. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing about ghost hunting. In, in total, is that you you get especially when you open a place like this and you have many di- people coming in. Sometimes stories develop. Where there's absolutely no truth to it at all, mm-hmm. but it becomes a legend. It might get posted on the internet and it goes on and on. It's basically an urban legend that mm-hmm. that becomes real because it is Edwin and. Uh, oh yeah, Lillian. that's Edwin and Lillian yep. on the screen now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true, and I I mean. And one of the things, too, is there were so many paranormal groups in and out of here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people bring things with them and, and yeah. bring more stuff in sometimes, and they don't Wish know. We a heater. <laughs> bring a heater in. Do, do we want to play one of those little clips that um, sure. from when New England Ghost Project was there? Yep. Um, maybe we could... You were there, um, right? Yes, I was there. I was, I was taping. There you go. I have my camera. Oh, wait a minute. We have, we have one you doing dowsing rods, right? Yes. Let's play that There's, one. Um, Russ, yeah, can you play Anne's the one? Anne's got a little sock puppet. It's uh, third floor t- 
housing. This is sock puppets. Whatever. <laughs> Look like sock. What shall we talk about? Is there a male spirit in here? Can you make the rod stop if there's a male spirit in here? Thank you. How about a female spirit? You make it point in a different direction for the female spirit? Thank you. Shall we go for broke or ask for children? Children, make it point a different direction for the children. All right, maybe there aren't any children up there. Oh, okay. Is this where the man paces in front of the window? Point at me for yes. Thank you. <laughs> so wh why don't you explain that clip? We already I, had I questions it's, from the it's, crew it's, and everything. It's rather odd looking because... You had a sock pocket on. Yeah, I have a sock pocket on. What I have on my hand, is because it's freezing, our finger, it's a fingerless mitt. It's a fingerless glove. So um, Karen Ruck and I were up on the third floor uh, with dowsing rods. That was a dowsing rod that you saw. And we just each took a rod. Usually you hold two in front of you. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were each holding one and I set up my camera just to, to tape my hand <laughs> while we were in the room. So what happens is the dowsing rod um, you know, moves freely in a circle. So when you're asking questions, uh, you know, like I was asking specifically if the answer to this question is yes, make the rod stop, which of course it immediately stopped. Um, and then it pointed a different direction when I asked if there was a female uh, in the room. It had no response for the children. And then the last question was, um, are you the man who paces in front of the window? Because someone we were with um, that night yeah. or, or the prior investigation had talked about, he was a neighbor, and he said, I see a guy, he thought it was Edwin. I see a guy, he looks like he's working out in the room upstairs because he's, he's back and forth in front of oh, the yeah, window. Yeah. And uh, Edwin's like, um, there's no lights up there in that room, so I don't know what you're seeing. Um, so when I asked very specifically if he was the man who was pacing back and forth in front of the window, you know, point at me if it was yes, and it, of course, pointed dead at me. And I said, oh, something which I kinda had to cut out because we're PG. <laughs> oh, we are? Um, yeah, we're supposed to be. Oh. Uh, so anyways, so that was kind of like, whew, okay. Uh, and and we, we doused for quite a bit longer, but that was just an example of some of the really direct answers that we got in that room. Mm, that's pretty so, cool. I know, it, it looks a little funny, but... No, I, I, liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Now, Joni, you... Uh, you wrote this other book as well, which is uh, The Soul Collector. Yes. Okay, and you, that was previous to this Previous one? to that. Okay, so you want to give us a little synopsis sure. of that book? Sure. It's based on my true paranormal story, which really got me into ghost hunting. Mm -hmm. And I went to an investigation somewhere that was 
somewhat could be somewhat dangerous and I went in a bad state of mind and I picked up a very negative attachment and it followed me for months and it's really my story me trying to get this negative attachment that was hovering over my shoulder 24-7 away and it was really scary I was living by myself and having to go to my house and you know he was there all the time uh. so it's kind of a what not to do about ghost hunting a lot of people go you know they just go out and they check out these places like oh this is cool let's go to this old prison you mm -hmm. know um, and there could be some really bad entities hanging oh, yeah. out there mm -hmm. so you have to be you have to have your what ifs in place what if something follows me home what am I going to do and I didn't so I really wrote that hoping to help somebody else and I've had a lot of people contact me since that point so Excellent. I hope I've gotten some awareness out there that yeah. it's not always fun and games no you're, you're talking to dead people yeah so yeah. if somebody wanted to contact you, where could they? Oh, I have a website, JoniMahan.com. Can I spell that for us? J-O-N-I-M-A-Y-H-A-N.com. And uh, my books are all on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. And people can find me on Facebook, too. I accept most friend requests. Nice. And now this was actually your first um, nonfiction. No, well, so collector. Well, my first, that was yeah. My okay, first one. so that was not. I yeah. didn't know of you. So okay, yeah, true story. So yeah. that was your yeah. actual story. It right. wasn't. Okay. Wow. But I have eight books now. Mm -hmm. So you I, have I, eight. I do. Nice. I have oh eight God books. bless you. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very prolific writer. That's I awesome. have a, a several fiction series. The paranormal fiction, of course. Wow. So. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed this book, and um, I would definitely urge people to pick it up because I, I just couldn't put it down. <laughs> so, what is happening with the Victorian Mansion? It's sitting. It's empty. It's abandoned again. It's spent almost as much time abandoned as it has spent with people in it, and it's nobody's living there. It's cold. There's no water on. Uh, the electric's mm -hmm. on, but. A caretaker, Marion Luoma, goes over periodically and checks it and makes sure everything's okay. And, um, you know, Edwin and Lillian do come and visit sometimes, and that's about it. I mean, they can't do any investigations there. They were shut down by the town. Uh, they had some safety pr protocols that they wanted them to meet, oh. you know, like lighted exit signs and oh. uh, handrails and uh, whatnot. So before they can open it up for investigations again, they have to have those guidelines met. Mm -hmm. So... But, you know, for now, our our, our uh, goal was to get the roof patched up because water was pouring in every time it rained. Ugh. And so we've we've secured the roof. Mm -hmm. It's not a new roof, but it's it's at least keeping it dry, dry mm -hmm. inside. So next step is to fix the eaves. And then if, you know, they do have a GoFundMe account set up, and they can find it on um, either on my Facebook page or uh, I think it is on my website as well, or hauntedvictorianmansion.com wow. should be there as well. So people can donate to help do the renovations. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's truly um, it's a gorgeous home. It, mm -hmm. It's just. Um, right. But uh, th there has been some backslash money pit, back you know? uh, lash on this as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you're fundraising for this. They said, you know, with all like fire departments and police departments, you know, why would people r raise money for a house? And I think you kind of brought that out in the beginning. Why would they? Well, it's a piece of Gardner history. It's a 139-year-old mansion, and some very famous people were there. Calvin Coolidge was there, Norman Rockwell, mm -hmm. P.T. Barnum, 
Uh, Minnesota Fats played pool there. So, uh -huh. you know, you hate to see something like that get torn down, you know. Right. I mean, the worst case scenario is people come in with crowbars and start pulling up all the uh, beautiful woodwork and the mm -hmm. marble yeah. fireplaces. Gorgeous, yeah. It would mm -hmm. just be terrible, you know. So it's our goal was not to necessarily help the owners. Uh, it was to preserve the house because the owners can't. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do what we could because we love the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It is. It is. A, it's just an amazing example of Victorian, you know, architecture and and the opulence of that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, the ceilings are. <laughs> I don't even know how high. <laughs> Ten, twelve feet. <laughs> I think they're uh, at least eleven feet. Yeah. 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 And it's it's. Uh, Fireplaces are awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's grand staircase. Yeah. Some it's of the gorgeous. Some of the things, and they talked about um, in the basement was. Uh, there were uh, like shadow people, and they felt like very dark, dark energy in the basement. Mm -hmm. And what what did they think was behind that? There's a lot of theories. Uh, my personal theory is I think it was the youngest son, Edward. Mm -hmm. uh, he basically turned the house over to uh, somebody in the 40s, and uh, Jay Stemmerman allowed him to stay in the house. And he chose to sleep in the basement. He took like an apartment in the basement. Well, if you've been in the basement, there's not much of an apartment mm, to it. No. <laughs> so I could imagine him being just distraught. I mean, you know, he was a Pierce, and mm -hmm. and here he was living in the basement of his father's house mm -hmm. that he'd lost it. So I think it's him. I think he's angry. Other people feel that it's um, I don't know something ancient that's been there forever, before the house was even built. So mm -hmm. it depends on who you talk to. Um, he does, he comes in, he's dark, he crowds you with uh, dark light. You can't even see the uh, equipment lights across the room when he comes in. And mm. he, he just doesn't want you in his space. And uh, honestly, I can kind of understand that. I mean, people kept coming in and poking at me and asking me these same stupid questions over and over <laughs> again. I'd probably, you know, bite or scratch too. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, if you repair the house and Lillian and Edwin move back in, I mean, that's the structure itself. But what about the spirits? What about the darkness? What about some of this other stuff that's been going well, on? It would be What's nice. going to happen with that? It would be nice if they could have, a, have it cleansed. And they have had numerous people in to talk about it. And they feel it's so deeply haunted. And there's so many portals where they can come in and out uh, that it can't be cleansed. So it's going to be always be haunted. I think what Edwin and Lillian were wanting to do was to convert it into a bed and breakfast, a haunted B&B, mm -hmm. cool. kind of like Lizzie Borden, because right. mm -hmm. there really isn't anything in you know central Massachusetts for people to go to. Mm -hmm. And that would have been great, but it's going to require a lot more than what we've raised on the GoFundMe <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to do that. So right. um, who knows? But that it would be an awesome B&B, &B and people would be able to experience the ghosts themselves, as long as they didn't pin them to the bed or uh. you know push them down the <laughs> stairs or scratch them or anything. Uh, oh my God! Um, well, it was a, a wonderful. Um, I mean, it was a wonderful place to investigate. It was a great um, experience. But you know, you do have to keep in mind, you know, there's not all good things in there. And no, you were there. Uh, uh, mm. And actually, uh, we were up in the. Um, the turret, the the yeah. the, the, you know, the turret yeah. <laughs> at the top of the house, and I mean that that view is amazing. I mean you're basically at that point four stories up, you know, because it's up above the third floor. Yeah. And I know a lot of people had problems on the staircase. 
-hmm. going up there. Um, I mean, you look at you look the Victorian the way it is now, and then you look at the Collingwood or the Farnham Mansion. Right. I mean, and that's mm -hmm. what it really could be. It could be yes. like the Farnham. Right. Yeah. Right. The the and the the Farnham. That's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. The Farnham Mansion in Oneida, New York, yeah. is Oneida. it's Oneida 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 potato Tomatoes potato. <laughs> It, but yes, very, very similar. Also, another beautiful Victorian, and fortunately had the upkeep, and everything has been restored there. And if the Victorian could look like that, you It'd know, that would be absolutely amazing. Gorgeous. But I think, um, I think the haunted Victorian is is just a little bit bigger. Oh yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> a lot <laughs> bigger. But I mean, it, it's still, I mean, it's it's still a period piece, and it's still, mm -hmm. I mean, we you look at the, the the Farnham and how much work it's been done, how gorgeous it is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right. I mean, we stayed there, it was awesome, and mm -hmm. you know, it was a great experience, and, and the Victorian can be that way eventually, anyways. Mm -hmm. So I know we're running uh, close to time. So yes, if. Uh, do you have any events coming up or lectures or anything? Well, I do have a book signing coming up this weekend, Saturday, mm -hmm. uh, in Evansville, Indiana. So if anybody's local to Evansville, it's my hometown. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm from Evansville. Uh, they can go to, it's going to be at Penny Lane Coffee House, which is in downtown Evansville. Isn't that cute, Penny yeah. Lane? Uh, yeah, and it's also <laughs> a haunted building, so mm. I'm definitely going to be checking mm, that out. Nice. What was, did we have somebody on the show from Indiana? Was that Whispers? The Whispers? Wasn't that from Indiana? Whispers Estate? Yeah, Mitchell, Indiana. Yes. I oh. would like to check that yes. out on one of my visits, too. Oh, there you go. Boy, my, my shop is a screwdriver. <laughs> something. Something, that's for sure. <laughs> so anyways, we're just uh, running out of time here, so we got to wrap it up. But once again, the book, Bones in the Basement. Mm -hmm. There you go. The Victorian, and also Lillian, and you can't see it. Yeah, it's a little it's too there. far away. <laughs> well, they could <laughs> zoom right. if they were really, really good. And uh, Joni, thank you so much. Uh, enjoyed the book immensely. Whoa, 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 hold everything. Oh, wait a minute. Hurry up, because we've got to close up here. Oh, we're what? wrapping up. All right, never mind. <laughs> I'm getting the wrap cue. All right. You can't delve back into the book now. I know. But um, so good night. thank you. God bless. Thank you, Joni, for coming. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good law.